HE News, episode number 15. Listening to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. This week, the Natural Health News and the Vitamin D Connection. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. My name is Andrew McGivern, and we're here in our Vancouver studio. Good morning, Croft. Good morning, Andrew. And today we're going to do another vitamin episode. And uh, today's focus is going to be on vitamin D. Right. And before we do that, though, there's a few items we want to cover in the natural health news. First one being the Michael Schmidt Supreme Court raw milk case. And also the conservative stacking of the Senate after the Bill C-6 shenanigans. And, of course, the developments down in the United States with Senator McCain's proposed legislation, the Dietary Supplement Safety Act. Let's start with the raw milk. Michael Schmidt, his Supreme Court case a few weeks ago was, was settled, and he won. It was interesting what the judge had to say. And basically, uh, it's a matter of freedom of choice, isn't it? Yes. He'd ruled that it, as long as they're not um, you know, aggressively marketing, then they're not doing anything wrong, and, That's and right. people have the right to choose. So an individual such as myself could go and contact him and say, I would like to buy an interest in one of your cows, something like that? Mm-hmm. And so I just sign up and take delivery of milk maybe once a week or something like that. Yep. And it has, it has good implications for other natural health practitioners as well, allowing people to make their own choice in the treatment of their own diseases and their diet. Well, it does really boil down to the right of inco- informed consent. And, you know, for um, a health ministry that is so concerned about our health, and our right to access good health. They're really adamant, of course, about pasteurization, things like fluoridation. But when it comes to giving us information as to what's in their vaccines, it's a whole different ball game. And we should have the right of choice that if we feel that, or if we have a good reason to believe that these things aren't acceptable, we should be able to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And we did do a whole episode on raw milk a few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. episode 12 of Health Empowerment News. The next news item we're going to talk about is the stacking of the Senate. Well, when the the Senate rejected Bill C-6, I guess our Prime Minister went into fascist overdrive and decided he'd stack the Senate so he can have his way. And of course, as far as I'm concerned, that move makes hypocrites of the entire so-called conservative reform movement because they're playing the same old game that they criticized the liberals for doing. One of the main components of the platform of the Reform Party was the Triple E Senate, an elected, effective, and uh, equal. Yeah. And uh, this is flying in the face of that. Exactly. So they're hypocrites. And, uh, and of course, uh, what we're looking at is a greater step towards uh, outright fascism, which we are unfortunately now witnessing in our neighbor to the south, uh, now that the uh, Department of, of Justice is pretty well rubber-stamped and uh, given the okay to these lawyers 
who told the Bush administration that kidnapping, so-called extraordinary rendition, and torture was perfectly okay. And uh, so that's the kind of uh, lawyers and potential judges we're going to have in the United States and, uh, and how far behind are we in this area in Canada. And so you have to watch out for these people who call themselves conservatives because really you lift uh, a mask off a conservative and you're going to find a, a, a fascist looking behind it. And finally, we want to mention the development down in the United States with the Dietary Safety uh, Act that Senator McCain just proposed, along with another senator, uh, I can't remember his name at at this time. Uh, But basically, the United States dietary supplement industry has been protected by Congressman Ron Paul's bill uh, that he contributed heavily to the Dietary Safety Health and Education Act. Yeah, he's a senator now. Oh, Ron Paul, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was talking to uh, one of our good and very reliable contact in Washington State, and he tells me that this Arizona Senator uh, McCain, this isn't going to fly, and he's going to find a lot of opposition from his own people in Arizona. And, of course, it's, again, uh, people like McCain, uh, they cater to uh, Big Pharma, because it's big pharma that's behind these bills, uh, they don't like competition from vitamins. When you have a statement by the late great uh, biochemist and physician, orthomolecular physician, Dr. Abram Hoffer, who lived to see his 92nd birthday, I believe, he says when, uh, even when these drugs are prescribed correctly, they can be very, very problematic and very troublesome. And even when a doctor follows uh, the directions uh, to, and giving the directions to the patient, f- following the directions set out by the manufacturer of the pharmaceutical, you have a problem of about maybe uh, every year in both Canada and the United States, uh, a, a number in excess of about 120,000 people requiring hospitalization because of a, a serious reaction to a correctly prescribed drug. Not an overdose, but to a correctly prescribed drug. And Dr. Hoffer has pointed out years and years of of work with patients that uh, with the vitamins, you just don't have these problems. And 20 years of monitoring the uh, North American Poison Control Centers, I can tell you there is absolutely nothing that gives any substance to the claim that vitamins are toxic uh, or even potentially toxic or, you know, that can cause... Uh, adverse effects, or or kill a person. It's just simply not the case. But unfortunately, uh, for Big Pharma, that is the case with their products. And it points to the fact that the government that is responsible for, and that's both Canada and the United States, these governments are responsible for approving these drugs. The onus is at their doorstep because they certainly cannot say that they've been hung out to dry over approving vitamins. And just uh, received an email from the Vitamin D Council, and the recommended dietary allowances or supplemental allowances for vitamin D is way too low. They're setting it at 2,000 international units a day. So that gives you an idea of how safe vitamin D really is. In fact, it has been calculated that if one is exposed to the sun sh- to good sunshine, Within a very short period, just a matter of about maybe 10 or 20 minutes, you can manufacture on your body something equivalent to about 20,000 international units of vitamin D. Well, that brings us right into our topic today, which is vitamin D. 
and you've been talking about that quite a bit in previous episodes. We've never done an episode focusing, you know, entirely on vitamin D uh, yet, which uh, which we're about to do now. What do you think are the most important reasons for taking vitamin D? Vitamin as, D as a supplement. Vitamin D as a supplement because uh, if you're north of the Tropic of Cancer uh, for a good number of months of the year, you're not going to get enough vitamin D. And even if you live in a state like uh, Arizona, for instance, uh, where it's a sunshine state by every term or definition of the term, people stay indoors in air conditioning. And and so uh, they don't get as much vitamin D as uh, they might or anybody might think. They're using sunscreens, uh, which can block the vitamin D formation on the skin, uh, interfere with your perspiration. It's a so-called antiperspirants. And, and, of course, there's the issue of, of various chemicals that go into these skin creams and ointments for uh, so-called sunscreens. So the, the bottom line is that we are not getting the amount of vitamin D that we really need with what little exposure we get from the sun, particularly uh, in, in the southern Canada. Now, there is a very interesting parallel here between the incidence of multiple sclerosis and the latitude where uh, people are living. The further north you are, the more incidence of multiple sclerosis, the higher the incidence of multiple sclerosis, because the further north you are, throughout the year, you're getting less sunshine. Therefore, you're uh, unable to make sufficient vitamin D to meet your body's requirements. Interestingly enough, though, if you follow people like the Inuit and the Eskimo people, uh, you will find uh, that they are not subject to multiple sclerosis. And the reason why is because not just their high meat diet, but seal liver and whale liver are part of their diet. They consider polar bear liver to be a delicacy, and it is loaded with vitamin A and vitamin D. So um, just to make underscore the point, Multiple sclerosis is not known among these people. Now, somebody say, well, they don't live as long. Oh, I think they live long enough uh, because multiple sclerosis can be seen in young people, certainly among the, uh, the European population. So uh, it's something to think about. There's also an association, perhaps, between a lack of vitamin D and Parkinson's disease. Now, interestingly enough, I was reminded by... Uh, the newsletter put out by Dr. Jonathan V. Wright of Tahoma, Washington, and that's the, um, the Nutrition and Healing. And he pointed out that there was a, a Dr. Albert Knapp, that's K-N-A-P-P. He was a, uh, a U.S. Navy surgeon, and way back in the 30s, uh, he was on a very, very long trip. I forget, uh, it was about a 38-day trip uh, with sailors and marines on the high seas. And uh, he noticed right away that the vision of these sailors and marines was declining. They were not getting enough vitamin D. He was able to see the correlation, and he found that retinitis pigmentosis, which is a disease onset of blindness, can be halted and reversed with significant intake of vitamin D, and I would presume that could be at least 2,000 international units a day or more, plus also at least 500 milligrams of vitamin D. I'm sorry, calcium, 500 milligrams a day of, of calcium. And in, in my experience, I would say calcium citrate would be the most desirable form. 
And uh, certainly uh, I would be looking at uh, an equal amount of magnesium as citrate because uh, both of these minerals work together synergistically. But what he found was not only uh, the fact that uh, deficiency of vitamin D and calcium was related to retinitis pigmentosis, uh, this is a blindness occurring among people with a severe deficiency, but also another uh, condition called keratoconus, which is uh, some kind of a distortion of uh, the eyeball. I don't want to get into all the technical aspects of it. Suffice it to say, this is another form or condition that can bring on blindness. Optic neuritis, that's inflammation of the optic nerve, is another condition. And uh, also uh, allergy or allergic conjunctivitis. Uh, that's when you have, uh, say, ac- excess tearing, making of tears. Also, when you get this mucoid or mucus type of discharge uh, in the corners of your eyes, and, uh, and it turns into hard mucus, and that can be very annoying. And, and the answer to that is more vitamin D and calcium in the diet. So these are deficiency disorders? These are uh, deficiency disorders, uh, a lacking of adequate vitamin D and calcium, and particularly the keratoconus, the retinitis pigmentosus, and also conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis is inflammation of the eye. So if somebody had these disorders... If you have uh, excess hearing, if you make a lot of mucus, sticky discharge on the corners of your eyes, and that turns into hard mucus, which can be very... Annoying if one of these uh, hard pieces gets into the eyeball and between your eyelid and your eyeball, it can be quite uh, startling to, re- to receive that. And if you have that, uh, you've got uh, an allergy problem, you should perhaps discuss it with your doctor. And if anybody wants information on that, can we give out a contact address or something like that so that we can direct them to the, the right information? Sure. You recently joined Facebook, so you can find Croft just by searching Facebook, Croft Woodruff. Yes. Yep. Find Croft on Facebook. You can email us at info at foodsornotdrugs.com. You want to give out your Gmail address? Uh, yes, it's Woodruff. So that's C-R-O-F as in Frank, T as in Thomas, dot Woodruff, W-O-O-D-R-U-F as in Frank, F as in Frank, at gmail.com. Earlier you mentioned sunscreen, and people are, are using sunscreen, but obviously the sunscreen is necessary if you're going to be out in the sun for a prolonged period of time to avoid burning. What kind of sunscreens do you recommend? Zinc oxide? or uh, Well, if it has zinc in it, yes, but if it's, a, if it's an antiperspirant, which means it prevents you from perspiring, I would forget that because it has alum in it, which is an aluminum salt, and it causes the, uh, the, the perspiration or sweat glands to pucker up so that you can't perspire. That is not a good idea. Perspiration is very healthy. It's one of the ways your body gets rid of toxins. And so a good sweat from working out is a good thing to do. And uh, you're not going to um, help yourself by stopping perspiration under the arms or, or wherever. As far as sunscreens are concerned, well... That's a good question. I haven't looked into that too much. I just don't use them myself. I look for ointments like ascorbyl palmitate, which is an oil-soluble form of vitamin C, and I can use that for, for a skin rash or, uh, or injury, and you can apply it topically. And 
There are uh, certain pharmacies that you can get it from. Can I mention Cripps Pharmacy Mm -hmm. on uh, West Boulevard? That's about three blocks north of West 41st in Vancouver. They're on the west side of West Boulevard. And you can get these little vials of ascorbyl palmitate with some other uh, nutritional factors. Very good for your skin. So um, there you are. You mentioned multiple sclerosis. That same correlation between the the latitude and MS is prevalent with cancer as well. Yes. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, there's uh, strong evidence to show that uh, actually our center of our universe, the sun, is actually anti-cancer. Because of the vitamin D factor. Uh, The vitamin D factor and other factors, uh, something to do with the ultraviolet B rays, which are the rays uh, in the sun's light spectrum, or radiation spectrum that interact with the cholesterol on your skin, that's your, the natural oil on your skin, uh, to alter it where it goes further into the cells on the skin and it's further metabolized and goes to the kidneys and goes to the liver and other areas where I guess it's needed. I haven't got all the details on it. I don't like to get too technical. Just suffice it to say that this is a very vital vitamin. And yes, they found that people who don't overdo it as far as sunburn is concerned are not likely to have a problem with skin cancer. And also with regard to multiple sclerosis, there is a gene factor. But if you get enough vitamin D, that gene has no say in the matter. So. And it's also interesting that the darker your pigmentation, the, the more prevalent it is too. Yeah. So which also well, the pigmentation is there also is, a, is actually a, a, the body's way of, of uh, you know, protecting you from overdoing the sun's rays, I guess. Yeah. So if you're in a northern latitude, you get less sun and you have a darker pigmentation, then that's more evidence showing that vitamin D is, is a factor. That's right. And of course, people who uh, come from uh, the lower latitudes, uh, where they they tend to be naturally darker, and especially uh, black people and uh, people from uh, southern India and uh, these other areas where they get tremendous amount of sun, they have to be careful. But they also have to supplement with vitamin D because they're not going to make enough for their needs living in these northern latitudes. So what about the different types of vitamin D? Okay, the, the other, uh, the, the, the natural form, of course, is what you make on your own body. All, all mammals, in fact, manufacture their own vitamin D. It's either the oil on their skin, such as humans, and of course, if you look at the, the apes, their, their coats aren't that heavy. They have a lot of skin exposure. Uh, they, too, uh, make their own vitamin D. But the oil on their fur or hair, as the case may be, also is um, converted into uh, uh, what you'd call a a pro or precursor to vitamin D and is absorbed deeper into the the tissues of the skin, as well as if the animal, in the case of cats and dogs, uh, they groom themselves and they get it that way as well. But they too uh, can benefit from a vitamin D supplement if uh, they're showing signs of problems. So, uh, you know, it's very interesting, and some of the studies confirming uh, the value of vitamin D as a supplement have been done on animals. So just to restate, all mammals make their own vitamin D, and through interaction with the sun's 
ultraviolet B rays. And I guess that's why it's classified as a vitamin, because yeah. without the sun, your, your body right. doesn't make it. Right. And the other thing, of course, is that the animals that are carnivores, they, they'll eat the liver. That's about the first thing they go after is when they kill their prey is to eat the liver and the kidney, and uh, they get their vitamin D and their vitamin A that way. So that's something else to, uh, to consider. So vitamin D3 is the sunshine vitamin? That's the sunshine vitamin. That's the natural form of the, of the vitamin, and no case of vitamin D poisoning or overdose uh, that would lead to poisoning or a toxic reaction has ever been established with vitamin D3. Uh, unfortunately, such is not the case with synthetic vitamin D2. There are some dairies that uh, do add vitamin D2 to fortify their milk. And uh, you have to read the label. If it has vitamin D2 on the label, I would avoid that brand of milk if you're a milk user. Certainly, Safeway, they use vitamin D3. Uh, Dairyland here in the lower mainland in British Columbia, they, they use vitamin D3. But I think it's the great Canadian superstore that uses vitamin D, too. And you can see it right on the label. It's no secret for anybody that wants to have a look. Is all vitamin D2 synthetic? or is All there vitamin D2 form? is synthetic. Okay. Yeah. Vitamin D3. And they say right on the label, vitamin D3. I noticed a, a major, I won't say the name on the air, but a major uh, vitamin manufacturer in Canada. It's not one that you recommend. It has a, a multivitamin. Mm-hmm. that I looked at last week, and it looked really good, but it it did say vitamin D2. I would avoid it. In micrograms, mm-hmm. and it said in brackets equivalent to 2,000 international units of vitamin D3. Yeah, and we can talk about the work of uh, Professor uh, Joseph Moon, uh, Simon Fraser University. He and his colleagues, several years ago now, it's, I think it's well over a decade, they uh, did work with vitamin D3 as well as vitamin D2, and what they established was that the, the synthetic vitamin D2 drives lead into your bones. So if you're living in an area of, of exposure to, say, uh, the pollution from a lead smelter or, or some other uh, refinery of, of, uh, of the heavy metals, uh, you would be at risk. We certainly were once uh, they were using leaded gas, uh, you know, until they stopped using leaded gasoline in the automobile industry. So vitamin D2 drives lead into the bones. But what's even worse, uh, drives calcium out of the bones and onto the walls of the arteries. So it is a factor in cardiovascular disease, hardening of the arteries. And also probably uh, arteriosclerosis, where you have calcification of of the joints, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And furthermore, it drives magnesium out of the tissues through the urine, out, you know, so you pee it out, in other words, and that means you'll be more susceptible to heart, aca- heart attack and, uh, and muscle cramping. Uh, and, of course, what is your heart but a muscle? So if you have a heart seizure for no unknown reason, it could be that you're deficient in magnesium. Osteoporosis, is there a factor? Well, as I say, it derives calcium out of the bones, so it would be a factor in our osteoporosis, bone loss. Yeah, calcium loss in the bones, osteoporosis. Oh, yeah, and I might mention now, there was the work that was done at the uh, University uh, of Toronto at Mount Sinai Hospital. Just uh, about 2004, I think, was the time. They had about 15 uh, uh, men suffering from uh, various stages of prostate cancer. 
uh, and the complications of an enlarged prostate gland and, of course, difficult with passing urine and so on. Uh, they were given 2,000 intranas units of vitamin D3 a day. And within a few weeks, the cancer started to shrink and disappear. And, of course, uh, the uh, prostate gland itself went back to its normal size, and so urinary flow was uh, free and easy, okay? But simultaneously, the U.S. National Cancer Institute did a similar study. Uh, they, they had about the same number of cancer patients, uh, that is, prostate cancer patients, but they gave them vitamin D2, and uh, they had no response, no positive outcome with the vitamin D2. So that should confirm it right there, that if you want to uh, supplement with vitamin D, you make sure that it's vitamin D3. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you heard of uh, Dr. Pollock? looks like he's got a new book coming out called The Vitamin D Solution. No, I haven't seen that book. Uh, I've heard the name. I've been following the work of Dr. Cantwell and the, and the Vitamin D Council. And, of course, you know, there's another thing we have to watch because of the uh, of thought control in this country, in, in Canada, in the United States, and Europe. The pharmaceutical industry is pushing our politicians to pass laws that uh, will not allow us to pass on information like I've just said on this program, that uh, vitamin D uh, actually protects us against certain forms of cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer in women as well as men, prostate cancer in men. Women don't have a prostate gland, but they do have a cervix uh, and ovaries, so they too can uh, benefit from getting enough vitamin D. And so under some proposed laws coming from the United States uh, Congress and Senate, as well as our own government here in Canada, I wouldn't be able to tell you that, even though I'm telling you the truth, and I can cite you the references. So we're getting closer and closer to thought control, which means a a communist-type or fascist-type society. And who does that protect? We've said before that the uh, manufacture of drugs, one reason why they are so powerful uh, is because they have patent rights to these drugs, and that means they get royalties when doctors prescribe these drugs and people make their put up their money and, uh, and uh, take the product. And of course, if you can t- uh, do without a drug and use a vitamin instead, and, or, or make sure that you eat sufficiently that you can get the vitamins, although in this day and age with bad pharmacy practices, our love affair with uh, genetic farming now, or manipulation of crops, and pesticide uh, overuse, we have to protect ourselves. But the bottom line is you cannot patent a vitamin because it, it, it occurs naturally. And so nobody can make, uh, have exclusive rights to it. But they can patent drugs. And their only way to protect their patents is, therefore, to outlaw vitamins or restrict their use uh, to the point where they're useless. And, of course, that's where newspapers come in with these uh, poorly researched editorials that warn you about false warnings about vitamin toxicity and uh, injury. It's simply not the case at all uh, as far as uh, vitamins being toxic. An overdose of vitamin is probably do you far more good than any conceivable harm. And as I said, 20 years of monitoring the poison control centers in North America proves that point exactly. They have nothing, whereas we know uh, that you can go into a hospital with liver failure, one of the major causes of uh, uh, emergency entrance to a hospital uh, for liver failure is a popular advertised analgesic. Its uh, generic name is acetaminophen. Well advertised, and but there's no warning about uh, the, uh, that you might be at risk for uh, liver failure. And in fact, 
it apparently the overdose on this stuff is is responsible for a majority of liver transplants, which aren't cheap affairs. And there's always the problem of uh, a tightrope of, of rejection that uh, you would be dancing on. Just looking at the Vitamin D Council's website, and I remember a while back they published a, a paper on a possible autism and vitamin D deficiency connection. What, what do you think about that? Is that a, I, I wouldn't be surprised that there's a connection in, in that regard. It, it all depends uh, on other factors because... I'm a very strong opponent of vaccines that contain uh, these uh, minerals like aluminum and mercury in them, which are known neurotoxins. Uh, but then also we're dealing with foreign proteins that can set up uh, an immune response, which is the desirable part of, or principle of, of the use of a vaccine, but also maybe uh, some other uh, allergy reaction that could uh, lead to more serious problems. Autism being one of them, by the way. Autism has, has exploded in terms of the, compared to 50 years ago, uh, it's got an exponential growth curve. Yeah. And the vaccine frequency and number of vaccines that are given have gone up at, you know. Was it about 30 vaccines before a kid is uh, to, uh, finished with grade school? But they're also, better? they're also saying that over the same period of time, pregnant women and young children are getting a lot less sunshine than they used to. So there's there's these correlations. It's not necessarily a proven causal factor, but it's, you know, these types of things should be investigated. And by the way, you'll be interested in knowing this tidbit. I saw it today, and it is this, that if a child, uh, if you have a a bilingual person who's, uh, she's carrying a child, she's, uh, she's pregnant, and, uh, and her family are talking both English and French, say, or maybe English and German or Spanish, whatever, or maybe they're talking three, la- three or four languages like the Swiss. Apparently, the uh, developing fetus is sensitive to the language, and for them it's easier to learn second language. Now, isn't that interesting? So even though the baby is insulated in the mother's womb, it is not insulated from the sound of language. Yeah, that's fascinating. So there you are. That's, that's a real tidbit for today, along with the vitamin D. Yep. All right. And any closing thoughts on vitamin D, Croft? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, I'd just like to draw your attention to Jonathan V. Wright's Nutrition and Healing Newsletter. I have in hand here uh, Volume 16, Issue 4, for June 2009. And it, it says right in the first headline, the site saving vitamin D breakthrough you won't hear on the evening news. And it has in it these things that I mentioned that it's key with regard to multiple sclerosis. That condition can be regulated with getting enough vitamin D. Individuals with genetic susceptibility don't get multiple sclerosis, not enough vitamin D, and they do. Uh, Vitamin D deficiency leaves your brain vulnerable. So we're talking autism earlier, a few moments ago. Well, there you are. Our data suggests low serum levels of 25-hydroxyl vitamin D is associated with increased odds of cognitive impairment. But the details the study uncovered are much more impressive than the conclusion might suggest. The research team found that the individuals with serum 25-hydroxy vitamin D levels below 30 nanomoles per liter had more than twice the risk of cognitive impairment as individuals uh, with the higher levels of 25-hydroxyvitamin D, that is, uh, levels above 66 nanometers per liter. 
So uh, very interesting. We didn't mention that, did we, uh, at the outset? Cancer survival in cancer patients, uh, time uh, boosting time survival in cancer patients. Uh, and again, they're talking about significant lung, greater longevity with lowering cancer risk of the colon. Vitamin D protects against colon cancer, but it also increases survival time in patients who are already battling the disease. And of course, everything you need to know about vitamin D for free on the net is www.vitamin.com. Dcouncil.com. And there it is in black and white. And you'll get on their newsletter and you'll get all you need to know about vitamin D. So, uh, so it pays just, to listen to this program. You were just referencing Nutrition Healing, uh, Jonathan Wright's. That's right. Newsletter. And if anybody wants a newsletter, they can subscribe. I'll post it in the show notes. Okay, great. Yep. All right. I think that wraps I'm it up. I'm just wondering uh, if I may say this, uh, Andrew. I had this email phone call from a gentleman in England trying to get hold of yours truly, Dr. Croft Woodruff. I usually go by Mr. Woodruff, but because I do have this honorary PhD, uh, courtesy of the uh, Quebec uh, Society of Naturopaths, he, wa- he left me his email address, but he spoke it out. I followed it as closely as I could, and I emailed him, but it just bounced back. So if he happens to be hearing this episode, he's got my email address on this program, so he can email me direct, and that should solve the problem because uh, the email address that he gave me did not work. And and I can only assume that the only reason why he got in touch with the voicemail to you was because he must have heard the program. Well, he called the our voicemail hotline, basically, yeah. which is on uh, www.foodsornotdrugs.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the top of the page, the top right, you can find the number. And if you want to leave feedback, ask a question that you want to be aired on the show and get Croft's answer, feel free to do so. There's two numbers. One is for Canada, a local number for in Vancouver, and also an American phone number so you don't have to talk, call you know long distance if so, you're in the uh, united states if you're in the united states yes yeah. so that's uh that's about it for that's a wrap. this week and we'll talk to you next week with another topic in the natural health field nice sunny day so get out there and get your vitamin d especially if you're in the lower mainland here in british columbia yeah we don't get it as often as we'd like and the cherry blossoms are out by the way the red pink cherry blossoms and the white ones as well all along uh, this street. Is it Jervis Street? Yes. Jervis, yep. Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.